Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 65 of the show. Now, before we get started, I wanted to give you a quick announcement. I wanted to let you know that this will be the last Sort of Awesome for a little while. The Sort of Awesome team is taking the month of July off to spend some time with our families and practice what we have preached about the importance of making space for rest and self-care in our lives. Now, don't worry, we'll still be around on social media and in the Hangout group, but go ahead and mark your calendars for August the 5th when we will return from summer break with a brand new episode for you. This week, I'm so happy to introduce to you a very awesome guest co-host, my younger sister, Emily Harris. Now, besides being my sister, Emily is many things. She's a single lady, a longtime art teacher who holds a master's degree in education administration. She's a native Texan who loves living in the Lone Star State. She is a fantastic aunt to her nieces and nephews, and she's also my first and oldest best friend. So we asked the awesome community what questions they might have for Emily, and she's going to tackle some of those here with me today. Hey, Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, I am so excited to be here right now. It's so fun to have you here, and we are getting to record in person in Oklahoma City. So, yes. All right, well, we'll get started on all of these questions. The awesomes showed up with a ton of great questions for Emily about a variety of topics. Uh, We'll get started on all of that in just a minute, but first, I'm going to go ahead and kick the show off the way I always do with Awesome of the Week. All right, let's hear it. Okay, my Awesome of the Week this week is maybe a little bit embarrassing to talk about. okay. (laughs) Would not be the first time on this show to talk about something embarrassing. It's a brand new body shaper that I just picked up this month. I got it at Target. It is from Maiden Form. It's from their self-expressions line, and... You know, people have conflicting opinions on body shapers. Right. You know what I mean? Like some people love them, can't live without them. Some people feel like you should just go natural and just let your body be at peace. Mm -hmm. And I feel like any way you feel about body shapers is totally fine. Right. (laughs) 
Now for me, because I have this problem, you know this, I mm-hmm. have had this problem for a long time. Like I don't like to wear shorts right. at all. Right. I just feel uncomfortable in them. I have never found a pair for a long time that I have felt really comfortable in. Mm-hmm. So in the summer when it's hot outside, I still, I love to wear skirts and dresses. Right. Which is great. It's really cool. It's a lot cooler than you would think. But sometimes when you're wearing a skirt or a dress, especially if you're used to wearing something more, um, a little bit more confining, mm-hmm. like jeans or jean shorts, and then you switch to skirts and dresses, you need maybe a little extra something to feel comfortable and like everything's all tucked in. Right. <laughs> right. So this is one that I've just found because it solves a couple of problems for me. Now, one solution that a lot of awesomes have been going on and on about how much they love are those um, little shimmy shorts that you can get. I think like Jockey makes them Mm -hmm. or something. Um, And they're just like little shorts that you can put on under a skirt or dress. It eliminates the chub rub that sometimes right. can happen right. when you yes. are just wearing a, a skirt or dress in the summer. Right. Um, so I had really been thinking about getting a couple of pairs of those, but when I found this body shaper from Maiden Form, I was so excited because it has both a thigh slimmer and then it goes all the way up and almost covers your entire waist. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So then you kind of feel like everything's smoothed out across the middle. Right. I honestly don't care that much about slimming my thighs. I've always had, you know, like pretty like softball player size thighs. Dancer thighs is <laughs> yeah, what I call them. Exactly. Sure. So I'm like really not that interested in the slimming part of it, but it does help with, you know, eliminating any chafing or anything like that that sometimes comes with skirts and dresses in the summer. Awesome. So I picked this up. I'm actually probably going to get another pair or maybe even two to keep on hand because, I mean, you know how much I wear skirts and dresses. I wear them all year round. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I'm going to keep these on hand. But this has been a fantastic solution. Again, just kind of makes everything feel really smooth, Smooth, comfortable. And uh, really helps with the sweatiness that comes with summer stuff, too. So I've been loving this. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Maiden Form Self-Expressions. I'll throw a link in the show notes if anybody wants to check them out. So Good tip. Okay. I cannot wait to hear what you brought this week for Awesome of the Week. So my Awesome of the Week is a little thing we like to call ASMR. ASMR videos. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So actually, you introduced me to ASMR videos quite a while ago, and for whatever reason, I didn't look into it. I didn't, I wasn't interested. I was just like, okay, whatever. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Well, wait, let's start at the beginning. What in the heck is ASMR? Okay. So ASMR, it's kind of hard to explain because here's the deal. Some people get it and some people don't. Okay. Okay. So what the letters stand for is autonomous sensory meridian response. Mm -hmm. That's a mouthful. It really is. Which is is why we just call it ASMR. Basically, this is how I explain it to people. Okay. Is it's kind of like your brain being tickled. Okay. Okay. Yes. So you know how when you and I were younger, uh-huh. we would always want each other to play with our hair. Play with my hair. Yes, play with my we hair. We would like make very complicated deals, deals. and negotiations. Oh, yes. Like you do the dishes, <laughs> I will play with your hair for twenty minutes. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> yes. 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 That was our currency when yes. we were younger. Yes. Play with my hair or tickle my arm. Or tickle my arm. Yes. In fact, let me tell you this. Do you remember at Falls Creek okay. when we That's would a summer be, camp that we went to when yes. we were teenagers. At okay. Falls Creek camp, in the sweating hot tabernacle, we would 
tickle each other's arms. Yes, it's a nice distraction. It's a nice distraction, and also it gives you the chills. It gives you the tingly chills, which yes. Which kind of gets your mind off of, you know, anything, whether it's being hot or... Right. The main purpose that ASMR serves is to de-stress. That's right. It's true. It so. does. And I think even when you're a kid, like, you know that someone playing with your hair or brushing your hair, right. tickling your arm, Daisy loves when you tickle her back, and John right. Kyle loves it, too. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Both of them have must have really strong ASMR right. responses. Yes. But, like, you don't even know when you're a kid that it's relaxing you. Right. But as you, you become just know a, that you're like, oh, that yes. feels good. Exactly. So, what we're, yeah, what we're talking about, if you are like us, if you've ever had that tingly chills response from somebody either playing with your hair or lightly rubbing your back or your arm or you know what Emily this is so weird I did not know this was a thing that was ASMR until we started watching these videos okay when I was younger like a student in school Mm -hmm. when I would see a teacher helping somebody else not me but helping somebody else like solve a math problem or diagram a sentence or something like that I would get that same absolutely ASMR feeling I still do isn't that so interesting when I watch kids draw when they're doing it really slowly mm-hmm. it gives me chills and I'm like oh my gosh that's ASMR it and it's is. you know it's really weird because there are different triggers for different people right yes um so these videos on YouTube are just amazing I mean there's all kinds of touching videos there's sound mm-hmm. triggers there's visual triggers there's both so some of my favorite what we call ASM artists okay yes some of my favorite ones are um, Massage ASMR. That's the name of the channel? That's massage the name, okay. Yes, that's the name of this one guy's channel. And he is, I think, from Australia. So oh. it kind of gives that nice little yes. boost of an accent, which is always, you know, really right. fun. Um, there's another lady named Rose Gobel Rabbit. Okay. Now, I love her because she's awesome at, you know, what she does in terms of visual and sound triggering. But also her makeup is always perfect. Oh my gosh. That's always an added bonus for you. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> so Emily loves makeup and we're gonna talk more about that later right. in the show. But I can see how that would make her a favorite for Love you. <laughs> and the one I think that I listen to the most, her name is Maria, and her channel is Gentle Whispering. Okay. And so she has quite a few. She's probably one of the most popular. Okay. I have one that I've loved for a long time. In fact, she's actually the only one that I listen to. For some reason, I've just latched onto her voice. And it makes me not want to listen to anyone else's. That's just, again, it's totally personal preference when it comes to ASMR. Because what triggers one person may not trigger another person. My favorite is Heather Feather. So Emily likes to actually watch the videos on YouTube. I just plug in. First of all, if you are going to check them out, you want to grab a pair of earbuds or headphones. Because these ASMR artists invest in these really amazing microphones that make you feel like when you're listening through earbuds, it makes you feel like they're like there. there. all the surround sound of talking to you and stuff. So I like to just plug in some earbuds and just listen to Heather Feather. I really like her voice. She's very whispery and whispers are very triggery for me. Right. So I love Heather Heather Feather. And we'll put links to all of these YouTube channels in the show notes if you want to go and see what in the heck we're talking about. Now, again, like Emily said, some people do not get triggered by these videos at all. They're just like, I don't get it. This is just weird to me. That's fine. But if you are somebody who feels triggered by these things and also you're looking for a way to kind of de-stress and just chill out a little Absolutely. bit. Definitely recommend these because you've even found that these help with like anxiety, like oh when you're gosh, having an anxiety yes. moment. I or- do not take any anxiety medicine anymore. I used mm-hmm. to be on it for a long time. And I'll tell you what, you know, I 
started getting to school last school year, I started getting to school really early so I could get some stuff done. I'll take 10 minutes when I first get there, mm-hmm. put on a video, yeah. kind of find my zen. Right. And yes. it works. Yeah. It's such a de-stressor. Totally. That's such a fun awesome of the week. I actually have been meaning to use it for one of my awesomes of the week for a long time, oh, but I'm glad great. I did it because yes. now you got to talk about it. Definitely. So fun. Yes. Okay. Well, Emily, as you know, from listening to Sorta Awesome, when I have a guest co-host on, we always like to start with a little five minute life story. Yeah. And this just gives our awesomes who are listening a little context for who you are, what your background right. is, where you've come from. This is all old news for me, but everybody else might like right. to hear the highlights of your life and how you got from where you started from to where you are right now? Well, so Megan and I were both born in Houston when our dad was finishing up dental school. We, of course, as you know, moved around a lot as we were growing up. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I counted one time how many houses we have lived in. Oh my gosh. It's 14. 14 houses. 14 houses before, (laughs) and that's just before I graduated from high school. Our parents have lived in many more houses because <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that they do. That's right. Um, so yeah, we moved around quite a bit. We lived in a lot of small towns in Oklahoma. We lived in Nebraska and Pennsylvania. And I found my way back to Oklahoma to go to college. I went to the same school that Megan went to, East Central. That's in Ada. And graduated in 2002 with my bachelor's in art education. And I am an art teacher. I've been an art teacher this last year was my 13th year of teaching. When I first graduated from college, I got a job in Texas and have stayed there ever since. That's right. Went back to our home state. Yes. Actually, our hometown. (laughs) That's true. You went to Houston. That's right. Yes. So kind of made full circle. Um, And then when Megan and her family and, and my parents had ended up in Oklahoma, you know, I just really decided that I wanted to be closer to family. So I started graduate school at Texas Women's, graduated from Texas Women's in 2011 with my master's in administration, in educational administration. So I really am interested in um, kind of the big picture stuff of education. I love art. I love art education. Art will always be a part of my life. You know, it's it's amazing to see that immediate feedback from students, you know, that that you have. Mm -hmm. But I'd really like to start tackling some of the bigger issues Mm. that I see in education. I mean, you know, as well as anybody, you know, how how many issues that we have and and different ways that we can tackle them. So that's really, you know, one of my main passions is, is education reform and, and, teaching students in the 21st century. So great. And you just went ahead and stayed in North Texas after Absolutely. you went up there to get your master's. Yes. So you have yes. been in the Dallas area for several years. Right. Now, right. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that five-minute life story. We have a ton of questions to get to. Oh, yay. We asked in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group on Facebook if anybody might have a question for Emily about one of her interests. You guys showed up amazingly well with so many questions. So we kind of went through and picked a few that we thought would be fun to answer right. for you all this week. So the first one is from Awesome Aaliyah. And she asks a fun one. What is your favorite quality about one another? And then what is your least favorite? It could be serious or superfluous. But she said she just loves hearing what siblings love and loathe about one another. Now, I think we forgot to mention this, but Emily is my next youngest sister, and she is younger than me by 14 months. So we have just been a part of each other's lives from birth on. We also have a younger brother and then a younger sister who is six years younger than me. So I'm the oldest of 
before and then Emily and then brother and sister following along behind. So just to give you a little context about the sibling dynamic in our family. Okay, favorite quality about each other. Um, I know what my favorite quality is about you. Okay. You find the best in everyone. Now, see, I can see that you're getting embarrassed. I am getting embarrassed. Okay. (laughs) You find the best in every person and you find the best in every situation. Well, thank you. And you have for a long time. Sometimes to my detriment, that finding the best in people, but sometimes to a fault, but that's okay. Well, I have to say my favorite quality about you, and there are many. First of all, you all should know, Emily is one of the funniest people I know. She can text me just, well, (laughs) and plus, of course, growing up together, we have like a plethora of private jokes. An endless amount. And she's really good at reminding me of those, and (laughs) and we can really get to laughing quite quite hysterically with each other. True. But um, one of my favorite qualities about you is that you are so resilient. Just like any time a challenge comes along, you are not one to sit around and feel sorry. You are so solutions-oriented, which is why I think you are so great with education administration, Mm -hmm. because you do not have a lot of time or energy for people sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. And you don't do it for yourself either. You pick yourself back up, and you just keep trucking down the road. Oh, thank you. That is one of my very favorite and most inspiring for me qualities. All right, least favorite. Okay, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is hard for me because I, of course, don't want to be hurtful (laughs) or hateful. Bring it to me. I can take it. Okay, one thing that probably I find frustrating is takes you a long time to get out of the oh house. Oh my gosh, it takes me forever. Between the time to shower and do hair and oh, makeup, yes. which maybe it's because I am just like so low-key when it comes to like, right. you know, wash and go and maybe throw yes. on some makeup. Um, and you spend more time with that. Yes. And so sometimes Absolutely. it causes a little friction because mm-hmm. I'm like, let's just let's go. go. How many times have I said to you, it's not a fashion show, yes. Emily, it's just church oh, yes. or whatever. Right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I have heard that more times than I care to admit. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, a little slow to get out of the house. That's probably one of my least favorite qualities. I'm scared to ask. What's your least favorite for me? Okay, which one should I pick? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here is something that you have done probably ever since I can remember. Okay. (laughs) You steal my clothes. Mm. I will admit to being the worst about that. It's true. Like if you look oh through my, my t-shirt goodness. drawer right now, like right now, and we're full grown adults, right, y'all. Right. Probably half of my t-shirts I have stolen from Emily when she's been here. And I remember, I think it started in middle school. Mm-hmm. And again, we would make deals with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as we got older, you just kind of started taking stuff. Right. Now, I do remember in high school, we had a rule. We had a rule. That if we were wearing someone else's stuff, we had to say, and if we got a compliment on it, we had to say, thanks, it's my sister's. That's right. That's right. So, and another rule that we had was if it still had the tags on it, you could not buy it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whoever bought it and, it and the tags were still on got to wear it first, uh-huh. and then it was yep. more fair game. Right. Well, we continued that because we did go to college with each other. We continued to share clothes and closets. Right. Until when I moved away, I moved away from the town where we went to school first. And it was like losing half of my wardrobe because we had to like split it all up and be like, oh, that was actually yours. Okay, I have to leave it. So I guess that's not too bad of a bad quality. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
Okay, our next question is from Rachel, who said, as someone who has two children, 14 months apart to the day, have you two always been close or was there a period of time when you weren't? I'm so interested to see how the sibling age gap worked for others as my first two were three years apart. So 14 months apart, it's a pretty unique sibling it dynamic, really is. you know? Yeah. Um, in, in fact, we have neighbors who their girls are like 18 months apart. And I see that too, just that closeness right. that comes with having kids so close together in age. So what do you, what would you say to Rachel? Do you think we've always been close or was there a time when we weren't? Well, I think when we were really little, we probably weren't that close. I mean, we were not close like we were when we were adolescents. Right. But we did interact a lot yeah. together and, and it was not always in good ways. Like right. I remember both of us leaving marks on each other from fights that we had. Yeah, that's true. When we were a little, really little. It's <laughs> kind of embarrassing <laughs> It's now. a little embarrassing, but, but, but maybe it'll bring some peace of mind I to know. the moms who are listening right. who are constantly having to like physically <laughs> break their kids' yeah. fights up. That it's, yeah. it's not just your children for sure. I um, think that like in... In middle school, we had the same group. Right. You know, like we yes. hung out with the same kind of people and yeah. your friends were my friends, my friends right. were your friends, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I think that kind of, you know, brought some cohesiveness to the relationship as well. Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of factors played into that. Like I said, and this is the truth, Emily is my first best friend for sure. I can, I can even though I'm older, but it's only by 14 months, I cannot remember a moment in time right. when Emily wasn't there. I can remember when we were probably like early elementary age. And by this time, there were four kids in our family. My Our parents had um, four kids in six years. So that's a lot of kids. Right. I can remember wanting to sneak away and have time alone and kind of feeling frustrated like... My sister is always wanting to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that, and I see that with my girls who are three oh, years absolutely. apart. I think yeah. that they're, that's a normal um, age appropriate response right. in that age frame. I think that you're right that we, as we got older, we did get closer. And another thing I think that helped is that we did move so much yes. that it was such a comfort to have a built-in best friend, no matter... You, we were each other's constant. Right, exactly. Yeah. No matter if we were going to a new school, new church, youth group, whatever, we had each other there as a sense of comfort. Right. So I would say, really, we've always been close. I can't. I don't really think that there's a time when we have grown apart, no, not even when we lived physically far apart from each other. Yeah. Now, to some extent, that has almost been a hindrance for me. I don't know if you feel like this. It's almost been a hindrance in terms of making new friendships. Oh, absolutely. To have a sister that you're that close with, because you, it's because it feels such a huge friendship need in my life, mm-hmm. that there have been times when I just have not really exerted much effort in friendship because yeah. I'm like, I don't have my sister. I mean, I, yeah. you know, talk to her every day. So like, I don't really have that drive and like craving to have, to build a new friendship with somebody I'm really close right. to. Oh, I absolutely feel the same way. So that may, I mean, I don't know if you would look at that as a good or bad thing, but I think it's something to be aware of when you have siblings who grow up so close Definitely. in age that it may influence their friendship dynamics. And like you said, like when we were in middle school and high school, our friend group was totally the same, yeah. which sometimes caused a little friction, it did. little jealousy it did. and lie. yeah, jealousy for both of us. Uh, we at times had crushes on the same guys right. that definitely caused some right. friction. <laughs> <laughs> so there's 
going to be that when you have kids who are that close together in age, there's going to be some of that, I think. But overall, I highly recommend it. If anybody is like, oh gosh, how's this going to turn out? I think we can say, turns out great. Turns out wonderful. (laughs) It really does. Well, as a kind of follow-up, Melanie from the group asked, what what was good or bad about having a sister 14 months older than you when you were a teenager or a young adult? I think we have a funny story to tell about one moment in time when it was maybe not so great. Okay. So... Let me, let me set the stage. Let me take us stage. back in time, and then you can tell how Go this, for was, it. this was not my finest sisterly <laughs> moment. Okay, so Emily and I did go to college together. I went there two years ahead. And when I was a senior in high school, I've talked about this a little bit on the show before. When I was a senior in high school, because of my dad's job, my family moved to Pennsylvania and I stayed behind in our hometown in Oklahoma to finish. So Emily and I had not lived together in the same town for over two years by the time you came to school. So when she came back to Oklahoma to go to school at East Central where she and I went, she wanted to go ahead and go through sorority rush. Now it's called recruitment, but Mm -hmm. wanted to go through sorority rush to, in hopes of being in the same uh, sorority chapter that I was in, which, which she did. So by the time she got to rush, you know, as a sorority, member myself I had been there for a week with my with the sorority sisters the chapter members we had been working so hard to get ready for rush and if you were in a sorority you know how exhausting exhausting <laughs> recruitment week is yes. I mean it's it probably is up there with having a child I'm, I don't know because I don't have children but it's around you know, the, the clock hours work. yes yes that you put in right 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 as a member is just so Phenomenal. Emily had, had shown up for Rush and, you know, I had been there for a week and it's a, it's a very physically and also it was very emotionally exhausting for me because my little sister was going through Rush and I was worrying about, you know, different things that might happen and how she was doing and all of that. So, okay, so just to set the scene, Sorority Rush had come to an end. Emily had pledged Chi Omega. We were so woo-hoo! excited. Big day, woohoo, yes. And, um, and I was flat out exhausted. So Emily, I'll let you take the story from okay, here. <laughs> so the afternoon of our big day was kind of, you know, we had had our bid day festivities and our celebration and rush recruitment was was over. And school was starting, like this was like a Saturday and school was starting on Monday. And I started to panic. Yes. <laughs> Did I not? Yes. I had my, I had a list of all of my classes mm-hmm. and where they were. And I was like, okay, what? how do I do this? What's going on here? Right, right. I don't know how to do any of this. I don't know where any of these places are. I don't know where any of these buildings are. You had, you had probably never been on campus at all before you showed up for Sorority Rush. Right. Not even in his high school as, you know, a competition or anything like that. I had no idea the layout of East Central's campus. Yes. So I remember coming into your room (laughs) and you were not asleep, but you were laying down on your bed. (laughs) And I was clearly not in a good place, right? Because I was really freaking out uh-huh. as a little freshman. Uh-huh. And I was like, um, school starts on Monday and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to go. I don't know what I need. I was like, I need you to show me around campus right now. Right <laughs> then on a Saturday at the conclusion of Sorority And Rush. you were not having it. Nope. <laughs> And you were like, oh my gosh, I'm tired and it's been a long week. And, and I would not take no for an answer. And one of our wonderful sisters, I think maybe had heard about 
had heard us fighting. Had heard us fighting <laughs> down the hall. Right, right. <laughs> so awesome. Um, Christy, love Christy. Well, she she swooped in to rescue you. She essentially. did. She was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for you. Mm-hmm. I, and then she showed me around to every where all my classes were, where the library was, where the student union was, where I checked my mail. But the funny thing is, is that before I left your room. And this is something that Megan and I still say to each other, and we get a big kick out of it. Now. Now. (laughs) She said, I'm not showing you around anywhere. Get out of my room and shut the door behind you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought that I was going to have this wonderful time with Megan at school, and she's not helping me. Oh my gosh. Mind you, freak out. I know. Mind you, like I said, we had not, we have been together our whole lives. Yes. But we had not been living in the same town for over two years. Yes. Here's sweet little freshman Emily, like literally holding her paper printout of her schedule, like trembling in her hands. And what am I going to do? I won't yell it because I'm on a mic, but I like literally yelled, get out of my room and shut the door behind you. So. Definitely oh not goodness. our finest hour, not my finest hour yes. for sure. But oh. all of that is to say, Melanie, just bear with because yes, when when sisters, I think especially, are going to have those right. moments right. when they're close in age, they're going through the same experiences at the same time. There's going to be some tension. There's going to be. be some ugliness. It's frankly, it, it's inevitable. But just bear with; they will work it out. You you push through. You get to adulthood and. That closeness is there. And now we're best friends. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, Emily, you know that I cannot let you escape being in the hot seat without talking about personality type stuff. Yes, of course. So as I shared in the Hangout group, Emily is on the Myers-Briggs system. She's an INFJ. Mm -hmm. In the Enneagram system, she's a type four. We had a really great question from Hannah who wondered about... Our interactions as an ENFP, that's me, and an INFJ. Now, she said, of course, the dynamic is different since y'all are sisters, but I'm an INFJ married to an ENFP, and our interactions can be interesting sometimes as we try to understand each other. Well, Hannah, first of all, the good news for you, it's good news for you and your husband, it's good news for Emily and I, anybody in an ENFP-INFJ pairing, I have to tell you, ENFP and INFJ are considered one of the best, most compatible matches. It's a match made in heaven. It is. One of the best matches in all of the Myers-Briggs system. The reason for that is because ENFP and INFJ are both NF types, so Mm -hmm. they're both the idealist type, Mm -hmm. but they mirror each other perfectly. Now, you know, I go into talking about cognitive functions in the Myers-Briggs system sometimes on the show. The thing about ENFP and INFJ is we are perfect mirrors of each other. So my first cognitive function is extroverted intuition. Well, INFJ's first cognitive function is introverted intuition. And it goes through the list like that. ENFP's second second cognitive function is introverted feeling. INFJ's is extroverted feeling. Right. So in every step along the way, and there are other pairs like this in the Myers-Briggs system, but for some reason, that ENFP and INFJ connection works so wonderfully in balancing each other out perfectly. Perfectly. I've said this a couple of times in the past on the show, but I have to mention again that my co-author, when we wrote Spirit-Led Parenting, my co-author, Laura Oyer, is an INFJ, and thank 
God, she is, because without her, that book never would have happened. Mm -hmm. She's the one who kept us on our deadlines. She's the one who helped us shape and refine what the book's message was. We worked together so perfectly on that project. Um, That's another example in my life of INFJs just being so such a great match. I actually have a lot of INFJs in my life, even though... Kyle and Now, Kyle's an INTJ. Okay. So similar... But a couple of, you know, the difference there in the feeling and thinking function. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit because here's, let's talk about one way that we see the world differently that does sometimes cause friction between us. Okay. ENFPs kind of classically do not care if when they give advice to somebody, if the person doesn't take the advice and act on it. Right, right. They just, I mean, we as ENFPs, we actually really don't like to tell people what to do. Mm -hmm. We just want everyone to do their own thing. Right. And if they look to our lives and see an example of what they should do and kind of model after that, then great. Mm -hmm. But we do not want to explicitly tell someone what to do. Right. And so if someone comes to us and says, I really need advice on this. What should I do? And we're like, oh, okay, maybe you could do this, blah, blah, blah. Fire off some solutions. If that person walks away and never takes one of those suggestions, we're like, okay, you know what? skin off your back. Exactly. Live and let live. That's the NF. Way. Now, INFJ are a little different. <laughs> INFJs are a little, in, uh, and also ENFJs are a little bit more invested uh-huh. in people taking their advice because of that extroverted feeling function. Yes. They want for people to ask them advice, and right. but they are very invested in whether or not the person accepts that right. advice. Right. We have a person, Emily and I, in our lives, um, a shared relationship, and this has caused some problems because this person has asked both of us for advice for various things through the years Mm -hmm. and how that advice is received can sometimes be frustrating on your end, right? Absolutely. Because I guess I feel like when someone doesn't take my advice, like maybe that was a waste of time. It's not necessarily that I'm taking it personally. I just feel like I know what's going on. I have a good handle in this situation. Right. And you don't because you're asking me advice. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. Yeah, and so that can cause a little bit of friction because we want, we feel like maybe we're not on the same page right. about the choices that the person's making. Right. Because I can be like, well, I mean, it's her life, so she's going to do whatever she wants to do. Yeah. And you're like, but can't you see that she's doing all of these things yes. that are, the, these yes. are the wrong choices. Those are going to be bad for her in the end. Why right. do you not care about what happens? And I'm like, I do care, but I can't, you know. So we can go back and forth yes. and back and forth on that quite a bit. Well, and also, like, I don't know. Not to, like, knock INFJs, but I worry more about stuff. True. And you don't. Like, I think so far into the future, like, tomorrow, next week, next year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what if this happens? Or what if she does this? Or what if he does that? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I start to work it up in my head. And you're not really like that. No. In fact, that does cause sometimes problems, too, even in family dynamics. Because... INFJs like to have a plan. Most J types yes. like to have a plan. Yes. Um, most P types, including myself, feel a little squirmy about a plan mm-hmm. because a plan tells us what we have to do, and right. we really do not want someone. We're just very happy go lucky. Yeah, we'd, we'd rather keep all of our possibilities open. Yes. So sometimes when it comes to even making plans of like, well, what should we do at Christmas or whatever? Right. I can get a little skittish. Like, I don't know. Christmas is a long time away. Why would we have to decide right now? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, Christmas is a long time away. Let's make a plan. And we have lots yes. of time to think about the plan. And I actually <laughs> hold out as I long as I can in asking you what we're doing for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all of those big 
holidays because I know I know <laughs> be weird about it planner and I know that I am and I'm like okay is it too early to ask her like I don't want to stress her out but I need I need to know what's going on and right. who's going to be where when and all of that yes so. and again I think that knowing like Emily said that she adjusts when she starts to ask about making right. plans because yes. she knows how skittish and weird I am about plans yes you know I know certain things like I know if she is for example giving my kids instructions on what they need to do. Mm-hmm. It's not because she's trying to come in and take over, <laughs> you know, or that she thinks that I'm... Here's another thing. That could easily be misread as, okay, she thinks I'm doing a bad job as a mom, and she's telling my kids and what to totally, do. totally, it's not. Right, not exactly. That way. Yeah. Yeah. But since I know that as an INFJ that you have no problem telling people what to do and that it's for yeah. their good... I am then a I teacher, can by the way. And teachers also have I mean, no problem <laughs> telling yes. people what to do, other people's kids on the playground. There you go. Get down from there. <laughs> I have to turn that off when I'm at Walmart or something. Like, I'm not the boss of everybody's kid. I need to shut up sometimes. <laughs> but that's another way that Myers-Briggs has helped, I really think, in dynamics. Yeah. is just like, okay, I know that she's this way because of this, and we don't take it personally. Right. So let's move on from the sister questions and talk a little bit about singleness. Emily. Single dumb. So many people had questions about your yes. life as a single lady. Which is interesting. I am not the best person to ask about singleness and here's why I guess it just doesn't really bother me that I'm single and this could be because I'm two months away from breaking up with my last the last guy that I dated maybe that's why okay I don't know um you know I um I got married right out of college um in 2002 didn't work out I was divorced at 26 and that's right. pretty young yes um so i've been single for quite a while i'll be 38 in august right so i've been single for a long time well and since you have been single for so long i mean you may not feel like you can speak to everybody's single right. experience but i just want to ask you a few questions that people kind of brought up in the group yeah of course this is not going to be everybody's experience with singlehood right. but i would love to hear and i think a lot of people would love to hear your perspectives because we haven't had a single person on the show to kind yeah. of bring their perspectives in so one of the things people wondered about is the church situation church being a single an older adult single which you're not old by any means yeah i feel old <laughs> but i mean so moving past like college and early 20s right. okay when a lot of people are still single once you move past that phase of life mm-hmm. and you're still single and you're in the church, that can sometimes cause some problems. What has your experience been there? You know, I agree with that. And the churches that I have gone to, especially the church that I went to in Houston, Second Baptist, it was just such a phenomenal church. You know, the singles groups are basically college and right after college age type um, people. And then there's the older singles with kids. Well, I don't really, you know, now that I'm 38, I don't really fall into either of those categories. So they do kind of miss a group mm-hmm. um, in terms of providing a sense of community for, for that age group. So honestly, my best advice is if your church doesn't really seem to offer programs for, you know, where you are in life, whether, you know, you don't have kids or you're quite a few years out of college, my best advice is really just to, if you see that need, kind of find some solutions for it. Even if it's just something as simple as starting a Bible study. I mean, right. that's, you yeah. know, something that we did in Houston a lot. I love that. And I know it's kind of been a struggle, a little bit of a hit and miss thing Definitely. for you, depending Definitely. on the church and what area you're in. Yes. But I think it's probably a fairly universal issue in our culture. Right. Now, 
if you have not had that need for connection and community met at church, you're naturally going to want to look for friendship and community in other places. What have been some of your experiences, you know, outside of the workplace and outside of whatever your faith tradition is for building those kinds of friendships as a single adult? Well, I'll tell you one, one resource that I love is meetup groups. Yes, meetup. I mean, there are all kinds of different um, topics, like there's country dancing. Yeah, yeah. Meetup groups. Right. Um, I met um, up with a, a wonderful group of ladies that share the same political beliefs that I do. And we go to lunch once a month and we, um, you know, we don't, I mean, it's not really, this particular meetup group is not just meeting and talking about some of the issues that we, you know, see eye to eye on, but it's really getting out there and making a difference for some stuff that we really believe in. And that has created some great friendships, especially in the community I live in where it's not, my beliefs are not necessarily the beliefs of the community that I live in. And so, you know, it's kind of hard because you can't really, I don't really want to share those beliefs with the people that I work with. So to have that outlet is just really great. I mean, like I said, there are, there are meetup groups for trying out new restaurants in Dallas. I mean, it's just amazing. Well, I think the kind of stuff you can find. I think that's the great thing about meetup is in terms of making new friends. I mean, one of the most important components of friendship is just having a common ground to start from. So meetup like takes out that they're awkward. Yeah, exactly. They're like, Hey, everybody here is interested in hermit crabs. So let's get together and we'll talk about our little (laughs) hermit crabs. And it's like the first, they, they provide the first building block for friendships and you can get together and see if there are people that you click with that you know you at least have one thread of something in common absolutely so meetup is a great one yes you have other outlets for friendship and community in your life yes there is a program that i have been working for a little over a year now love it great sense of community you know it's it's a group that without sharing too much it's a group that that really teaches you how to live life with a purpose there's a lot of different things that we do. There's a lot of the different things that we talk about. It's really about living life one day at a time, taking one day at a time. Um, there's a really great spiritual component. And what I like about the spiritual component is that it doesn't really have anything to do with religion. It's really about that walk with God and increasing your spirituality. And um, it's just been such a great teaching tool and such a great resource. You know, one of our things is doing the next right thing. Yeah. And if you don't know what the next right thing is, doing the next thing right. Ooh. And that's one thing that I just really love about the program. So it's been a huge difference maker in my life, and I can't say enough about it, but it's great. Well, and I think that that just reminds me that, I mean, making friends as an adult, whether you're single, married, parent, non-parent, whatever. Right. It's hard. So difficult. You have to be super intentional. And I think a key is to not let your preconceived ideas Mm -hmm. about a certain group or a certain kind of person keep you from building new friendships and new relationships. Right. And so just having the sort of courage and the willingness to just experiment and try different things, try a new club, try a program, try a meetup group. What's the worst that can happen? It's a bust. I mean, that's okay. All of us have to experience things where we're like, okay, that one was definitely not for me. Yeah. I'm just going to move on to the next thing. Right. So I love that. All right. Now let's get real about the dating scene. Dating scene. Dating scene. When you are in your late thirties, moving into your forties. 
one of the questions specifically from the group was like, how, like, where do you even find people today? She said she felt like she was running out of ideas. So for you, church is maybe not the best place. There hasn't been a great component. Of course, you don't want to just like go to your workplace and start dating someone might be inappropriate. (laughs) So for you as a single woman in a, in who has the luxury of living in a big city, Right. What are what's maybe some of your go-tos for finding people and then maybe do you have a little advice for women who are on the dating scene at well, this point? It is the 21st century and I'm going to tell you online dating is really where it's at. Okay. All of my single friends that are mostly teachers, we all online date. Okay. And I think probably the most popular are Match, Match.com, eHarmony, okay, and Tinder. Tinder's free. Now, I thought Tinder was for, like, young adults, like 20s. Oh, okay. 20-year-olds. So, when Tinder first came out, it was very much for young adults um, with a lot of individual men looking for a certain thing. And while there are still some men that are looking for a particular thing, but there are also a lot of really great guys. Like the last guy that I dated. Right, yes. I met him on Tinder. He was great, and he was an ENFP, and we got along fabulously. Right. The only reason really why it didn't work out was the distance thing. Right, exactly. That was something you couldn't overcome because of careers and whatever. um, That is so interesting that, because again, you know, Lord knows I haven't dated anyone since I was 18. So I only know about these things vicariously, and I really, for a long time thought that tinder was just for like early 20 something yes. you're looking to hook up with someone well, so. and also like you can um put in your filters for ages and stuff so okay. it, you know it's a lot like matching that way okay you know you can put a distance filter on there or whatever now i do have some guidelines when it comes to tinder let's hear it okay so if a guy is has a picture of himself in front of his car Probably not. He's not for you. Probably not for me. Okay. We'll just say that. Yeah. So through the years of using different platforms for yes. dating, you've kind of figured out, like, because you, you I, mean, I would imagine that you don't want to go so far as to say, I will never date this kind of guy, this kind oh, of yeah. guy, this kind no, of guy. No, yeah. And but, that's, that's, a, that's something that needs to be addressed because a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I read a book. I've, I read so many, you know, self-help dating books, blah, blah, blah. If you say yes, when you think that you would typically say no, you can really find some amazing opportunities. Okay. So to make a list of, well, I'm only going to date someone who's educated. Well, I've dated some great guys who didn't have like the same educational level as me and turned out to be wonderful, awesome boyfriends Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or just friends. Right. True. So you don't really want to limit yourself in terms of. I only want this kind of person. I don't want this kind of person because you just never know who you might miss meeting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with friendships. Just maybe having the courage to overcome some preconceived ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We could probably do a whole show about singleness, but I won't keep keep (laughs) pressuring you about those questions. But one thing I definitely did want to get to is some of your advice about makeup. Now, from the very first time that I had a cell phone, I used that from the aisles of Target, (laughs) Walmart, yeah, Ulta, oh my gosh, or Sephora. If I go into Sephora Sephora by myself, I have my sister on speed dial because I get 
so overwhelmed. I cannot tell you how many texts and phone calls I've sent her where I'm like, okay, I need a new blush and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so Emily, you have loved makeup since we were Oh my kids. gosh. It's one of your favorite hobbies. I you don't love remember to play when I didn't it. love makeup. Yes. So true. So true. So we had some people who were curious for some of your makeup recommendations, and I would love to hear them too. Yes. You know, I always want to. So for somebody who is maybe more like me, who gets a little overwhelmed at all the beauty products that are available, let's talk about some of your favorite recommendations that you're making right now. And then we'll talk a little bit about the YouTube makeup component, because I know that's a big part yes. of your uh, makeup fascination too. So let's talk products products. So there are two products that I am just absolutely in love with right now. The first is a lip balm in um, a line called NYX. You may have seen it as NYX in the stores. That's how you pronounce that? Yes. I've been saying NYX to myself in and my mind know, the whole time. There are a lot of people that just kind of do either or. Okay. So okay. whichever. Right. Okay. So from NYX, a lip balm. A lip balm. Okay. Now, what I love about this lip balm is that it's got a great balance between shiny and matte. Okay. It's not really either. Okay. I like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite shade, you know how I love a darker color. You love a dark lipstick. I don't know what it is. I know. Summer, winter, does not matter. No. I love the darker lips. I know. Anytime I don't know I'm why. Like, anytime I'm like, can I borrow a lipstick? I'm looking through her magnificent lipstick That's collection like all i have and there are like her 20 lipsticks darks. and they're all brown yes. and nude <laughs> and i'm like where are your pinks give me some pink so my favorite shade right now they have eight um my favorite shade is brownie it's not too brown it's really more of a neutral and okay. a lot of people ask well what does neutral mean well neutral is different for everyone neutral is on your skin shade and all yes mm -hmm. something that is the closest to your natural lip color Okay. So that will look best in your complexion. So brownie, and is this, okay, is there like a certain name for this lip balm from? It's the Butter Lip Balm. Butter Lip Balm. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. And actually, at Ulta right now, it's buy one, get one 50% off. Nice. So, okay. Pretty awesome deal. What else? Now, I have another product recommendation. Now, this stuff, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, it's crazy expensive. Like, okay. it's ridiculous expensive, but for someone like me, it's totally worth it. Like... I see makeup as an investment. Now, I don't go overboard. I don't spend more than what I have. But this product is just in the summertime. I'll tell you what. Sometimes if I will go swimming, get out of the pool, take a shower, sometimes this is the only thing I put on. Oh, okay. And it is. And you know me. You know how I love a lot of coverage. I know So it. that says a lot. And this is a BB cream. And it's by Dior. It's called Hydro Life BB Cream. And it's got a broad spectrum SPF 30 in it, which is great. Right. Yeah. And, you know, beauty balms kind of differ in texture. Some are a lot, most are a lot, of, lot thicker right. than, you know, like say your regular foundation. This is kind of in between. Mm -hmm. um, it's not too thin. It's not too thick. Covers up. All of the red spots, splotchiness. Is that what you're wearing right now? Yes. It looks so good. Thank Seriously, you. Seriously, it looks so good. I love it. Now, it is $60 Holy for Holy Moses. I told you, girl. Okay. It's crazy expensive, okay. but I'll tell you what. It's worth it. I mean, you it's look great. It's worth it. And when you don't have kids to invest in, then <laughs> you can invest in makeup. Yes. So When you're not buying new uh, shoes for four kids, yes. then you can spend $60. $60 for makeup is not 
that much when you think about it. I tease. I tease. I'm glad that you mentioned, too, that BB cream stands for beauty balm. I, yes. like, had to Google that not long ago because beauty I was balm. like, what does BB cream stand yes. for? And CC cream is color corrector. Okay. Yes. See, you are a fountain of information. Probably because you watch a lot of YouTube videos. The makeup gurus, the beauty gurus. I really gurus. do. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about beauty culture on YouTube. Okay. So, you know, it's amazing to me how their career, this they have made a career out of this. It, it makes me very jealous of them because they can just, they can do product reviews. And the more product reviews they do, the, the more, more stuff they get mm-hmm. for free. Yes. Oh my gosh. The more companies want them to review That their would stuff. be my dream job, actually. Yes. Absolutely. So... I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I, you know, subscribe to a lot of channels. One of my favorites right now. Wait, well, let me stop you right there. Okay. Because when you're saying you watch, watch a lot of YouTube videos for makeup, are you mostly watching tutorials or like product hauls where they're like, here's what I got at Sephora today? Is it some of both? What are your favorites? You know, I'm not really into the product hauls. I don't know why. I really like a lot of specific stuff. Like the other day, well, not the other day, a couple months ago, I bought the Jurgens Natural Glow, Glow Lotion. And I really wanted to know, does it smell? Does it work? And I watched some girls put it on and, you know, it was very specific Yes. in terms of, you know, that product and, and do's and don'ts and yeah. likes and dislikes and stuff like that. So a lot of times if I want to buy something or if I've bought something new, I'll YouTube that product. I'll right. search that product in YouTube. And you can see it in action. Yes. Okay. Now... I also love the technique stuff, too. Okay. So tutorials on techniques. Yes. Tutorials on techniques. That's where I've learned how to do a lot of the stuff that I can do Mm -hmm. was by watching a lot of, you know, demonstrations. Um, Makeup Geek is one of my favorite people. You know, not only is she a YouTuber, but she has her own makeup line of some fantastic eyeshadows. I think I'm like the eyeshadow queen. It's pretty amazing how many palettes I have. Yeah, it is. Maybe amazing or maybe embarrassing. I don't know. <laughs> but. Well, my girls think it's amazing for yes, sure. Yes, when definitely. Aunt, when, when we can play makeup. Yes. Yes. When Aunt Emily shows up with her makeup bags. Yes. They are like, yes, let's play makeup. <laughs> so fun. So one of my favorite YouTubers right now is Charlotte Tilbury. Okay. Now, she has a British accent, which makes everything better. Uh-huh. Always 100% yes. better. Yes. And she has a nice balance of product reviews and technique. A lot of times, YouTubers will just do technique. Okay. Or they will just do product reviews. Okay. She has a nice balance of both. And she doesn't just do makeup. She does hair. She does skincare. Okay. Skincare has come so such a long way. Yeah. In terms of troubleshooting different problems, whether it's acne, which I have had battled for many years, probably mm-hmm. since adolescent, before adolescence, um, splotchiness, um, you know, dark under eye circles, whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will totally put a link to her channel in the show notes. So if anybody yes. else wants to check her out, they can go and look her up and see, you know, get the inside scoop like yes. you always have on yes. makeup stuff. Okay, well, we are quickly running out of time, but I had to ask you about this. Sometimes when we have guest co-hosts on this show, I love to ask people what they're always talking about. One thing that you and I are always talking about and have since we were kids is music. Yes. Going way back in time, a couple of people asked about our love for music. And 
one of the Austins, Julie, asked where we got our love for music from. We were talking last night, and I think that we arrived at the conclusion it's really from our parents. Yes. Our dad was always singing while he did dishes, and he taught us. Like those crazy Boy Scout songs. Yes, taught us that we still many know songs to from this his day. Own childhood. Yes. yes, and then our mom also always had music going in the background, whether it was Amy Grant or the Debbie Carpenters. Boone, one time, Carpenters. Yes. yes, the she always had music going too. So yes. that obviously sunk in for us. Definitely. And our youngest sister also loves music. Oh, yeah. So I think that that was a big, probably the biggest influence right. on us. In fact, our mom. I don't know if she taught you this, but she taught me how to harmonize. Right. In yeah. church. Right. Singing. Right. And yeah, that, that really. That served us well because we were both in choir, both yes. at church and in school and have right. always just loved music. So we are always talking about that. But um, one of the awesomes, Kate, would love to know, Emily, what was your favorite ever concert experience because live music is a whole nother thing that you love to get to experience so favorite concert ever what was your favorite favorite concert i've got to say pat green and green hall okay tell everyone what green hall is so green hall is a music venue in green texas okay and it's got all kinds of memorabilia up on the walls you know it's not as big as some people would think that it is okay um now, I think the last time I saw him was when y'all were living in San Marcos. Right. And I just went yeah. and had a blast. And Green Hall is a famous um, music venue in the Central Texas area. Emily and I were laughing because really, if you've spent any time in Texas at all, and if you're a country music fan, you know Texas country yes. is a different thing. Very different. Texas likes to have all of its own things. Yes. Uh, very different from Nashville country. It's sort of more, maybe more bluegrass. More bluegrass, but also like um, a bigger emphasis on like Hank. And right, the Waylon. classics of yes. country music. Yes. Right. So, Pat Green at Green Hall was your favorite concert Absolutely. Experience. Pat so. Green will always be just He's my pretty great. favorite musician in terms of Texas country. Pretty great. Okay. Well, the girls and I are trying to get Emily on board with Hamilton. It's it's a process. She's it a is. little she's a little unsure. So, we'll keep you updated on that. Which is really interesting because I'm a huge musical fan. Like, how many musicals have I been to? How many musicals have I been in? Right. I don't understand what it is about Hamilton that I'm not... We'll get you there. ...immediately (laughs) going to it. We'll get you there. Don't worry. So, if you would like to follow up with Emily on any of these topics that she's talked about today, you can find her very easily over on Instagram. What's your Instagram account? My Instagram name is Emily34331 can find her there. She's also super active in the Hangout group. So yes. you can, um, we can follow up some of the questions that we didn't Definitely. get a chance to answer on the show today Definitely. in the Hangout group. So we will be in there discussing these things after the show. So just as a reminder, you can always find me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Sword of Awesome Meg. You can find the show at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram, and you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Don't forget, this is the last show for a little while, and we will look so forward to seeing you all in August. Thanks so much for listening. Emily, thanks so much for being here today. thank you for having me. I've had so much fun. So fun. And we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at sortaawesomeshow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, 
and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at pragermusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.